On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcasts platforms. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. This is the Rugby World Cup on the left wing. Hello and welcome to the left wing. So the Ireland team to play South Africa on Saturday has been named. Jemson Gibson Park is back in the team in the only change to the side that started last weekend's win over Tonga. And we've got Dan Sheehan on the bench um, as well as Jack Crowley's there on the bench. Rory and Keane are here. Lads, we're at the Ireland team. We're inside for once. Hmm? We're We're inside. inside. It's lashing rain. Yeah. Things are taking a turn. Aren't they? Uh, but they're well out here, aren't they? The team hotel is yeah, well we're outside miles the city. East, east of Paris. So we all got the train up to Paris and then we got a train out of Paris again, out to, is it uh, Busi, um, which is on the eastern outskirts. It's in zone five of the Orior network, which is the first, the, the only goes to five, the, the, the zone. So it's a fair trek. There's apparently a bowling alley next door. The players have already been in um, doing some temp in bowling. So they feel, seem pretty oh, really? chilled out. Yeah, as soon as they got here, they seem to have straight done some in. scouting and straight in for some they're obviously competitive animals so definitely um, a metaphor in, in, in there somewhere about what they're going to face in terms of skittling well, lads I, I, I work on that for my intro I'm a bit, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I've got a long train journey to think about what I'm going to write tomorrow so yeah good idea but uh, yeah, we no, just finished nice. our press duties and, yeah. um, for, oh, it's a good team isn't it like, I mean, brilliant you, team like, I think I don't know something about the Springboks and the, the Allbacks maybe it's because they've got nicknames and such proud history but everyone loses their mind you know they, they swoon when the the team is named i think that's a better Ireland team than the springbok team that was named on tuesday and the bench is pretty good as well it may not have seven forwards but it's got, got a lot of very good players i think there's a huge amount of reason for the fans the huge i think they're talking about thirty-five thousand fans yeah. coming over at the weekend like to come over with a lot of confidence about what ireland can achieve on saturday yeah the press conference was dominated by the seven one split and here's what uh, andy farrell had to say i think it's great um, it obviously suits them. They obviously know their squad and, uh, and, and what fits for them and, and obviously so do we. I, I, I think it's great. I did, I did pose the question to, to our forwards coaches. We was going to go with a 7-1 split, seven backs and one forward, but they weren't up for that. Um, but I, I, think it, I think it shows, I think it shows um, they know exactly where they want to go and with their game plan, etc. And and we do the same with with, with, the, with the subs that we pick as well. So Andy Farrell on that 7-1 split again today, Keane, he was just so relaxed. 
Yeah, and I think that's shared across the board with, with the players as well. I mean, Andy Farrell knew he was going to be asked about it and he said that he hadn't even considered it, except he did, what did he say? He asked John Fogarty, could Ireland go 7-1 but with seven backs and one forward? That would have been um, <laughs> would have been quite something. But yeah, look, the, the mood is is totally relaxed, as, as I think it has been all week. I mean, we got a couple of players afterwards as well. You had Bundy Aki and Gary Ringrose were up together laughing and joking together. Then you had Andrew Porter and James Lowe who were up together laughing and joking. So... The mood, I think, is reflective of what Farrell has been portraying that, you know, Ireland weren't going to get sucked into. We discussed this so often during the week on different podcasts and videos that Ireland weren't going to get sucked into the the trap of going 6-2. They've never done it before. Um, and now they've doubled down. And I totally agree with Rudd. Um, the bench, like the, the starting team is is excellent. Um, I, I think there, I wonder if there was a temptation to kind of shift shift around the, the back row a little bit. Um, but obviously he's gone with the tried and trusted and you can fully understand why. But Ireland's bench may not have a, a nickname like we mentioned the other day, you know, but there is a lot of quality to, to come off that Great bench. Great to see Dan Sheen back. Like that is massive, absolutely massive. I mean, Robbie Henshaw to come off the bench, Jack Crowley, who's, a game changer. I mean, covers several different positions. I do still think you'll have certain guys like Andrew Porter, Johnny Sexton will go, I think, as close to the 80 as possible. And that is a huge ask, I think, for Andrew and Porter. And that's where the benefit of having a two-week gap to Scotland mm-hmm. comes because really, they don't need to worry about tomorrow. Like this is that's It's like, you know, Andrew Porter going 80, we know he can do it. I think he'll probably go 70, between 70 and 80. They usually get, a, you know, they, they, get, they give David Kilcoyne a go. And for instance, like Kilcoyne's a good player, but... Um, there's a bit of benefit there. They don't have to, you know, rest players at all. They, they, they don't have to worry about next week. And of course, Jack Crowley, and I saw you talking to your mate, Ryan Beard there. He uh, seemed in good form. Yeah, like I think everyone expected Joe McCarthy to be involved this weekend. Um, but I think I'm delighted for Ryan Beard because I, I, like he is the closest thing Ireland have to Peter Steph to toy. So like he comes on, he's he hits big, he carries big, he's a great line out forward. Like I think he's one of, like I saw, I think um, Sam Warburton flagged him as as his bolter for this World Cup. He could be the, the breakout star of the tournament. And like he's a physical specimen, we've all become a bit used to him. And he doesn't maybe make the breakout runs that he did when he first came on the scene because he's more probably focused on his nuts and bolts stuff. But he's capable of breaking a game like this wide open. Wide open. He's an X factor player. Now he does have to do the simple stuff well. He has to keep his discipline. He has to keep his defensive discipline. You know, there are little bits that I think at times he's fallen foul of this management team that didn't pick him for a year. But he's played in all of Ireland's big games in the last year. He started against England in the Grand Slam game. Some people were, were getting a bit worried that he wasn't going to go make this squad. But I, like, I think he's a really potentially key player for Ireland across this World Cup because he, he can run quite quicker than half the back line. Yeah, he, he did well off the bench. I think he's waiting for that kind of one moment or that one carry, that one tackle where he does kind of fully announce himself because, I, I mean, at the World Cup because we all know um, what he's capable of. And I, like... I know it's probably not going to get many headlines, but I agree with you. Like, I'm a little bit surprised that Joe McCarthy isn't involved. I just got the sense from, you know, early on that they might have been trying to prime him for this game. Even like, I'm not necessarily saying to start him, but I think you, he could have possibly been on the bench. Maybe even with Ian Henderson, you have Ty Byrne to cover uh, the back row because I, I think Joe McCarthy has been playing really well. Like he's 120 kg like look at what Ireland are up against but look Andy Farrell has proven it time and time again that he's a like he's you know we've no reason to doubt his selections but I think Joe McCarthy could feel disappointed not to be involved yeah I think Henderson obviously is has the experience and he's like one of Ian Henderson's greatest Ireland performances was in, was in the Johnny Texan drop goal game um, in Paris at this, at this venue you think about all the times he's played here and I just wonder I know you're writing about experience for, for, for Saturday's paper that just at the end of the day, John McCarthy's only started two two games for Ireland. It's very early in his career. 
and Henderson, while he doesn't have the same weight as as McCarthy does, um, and Tyburn certainly doesn't have that sort of weight for the way Ireland play, for the kind of occasion that this is going to be, they just maybe it came a little bit too soon for John McCarthy, and and I think Farrell has earned that trust across it. But like it must have been tempting for them to have him 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 there. Like I that's why I was going for six two split because I'd like to. I think you could have them all there, and you'd have some bench to to choose from, but. Um, that's probably where it's come down to. Well, it didn't come too soon for Jack Crowley on the bench. Obviously, Ross Byrne got those 40 minutes last weekend against Tonga. But wow, what a show of faith this is in Crowley. It really is. Because if you consider if Johnny Sexton Touchwood was to go down early, then it's a massive, massive stage. But look, I, I thought even again when he was up for media on Tuesday, was it like just how composed and how how confident I think he is in, in his own ability. It's not an arrogance. It's just assured. And everything that you hear about behind the scenes is that he's just come in and sponged up like as much information as possible. Um, I'm, I, I actually thought they would go with Ross Byrne. Um, personally, I, I think that, you know, I was kind of writing about this, that if Johnny Sexton was injured, I think there's a good chance Ross Byrne starts, whereas Jack Crowley's on the bench because he does cover multiple positions. So, I mean, there's another guy who can feel really hard done by, you know, we're talking about Joe McCarthy, like Ross Byrne, I'm sure is... Rob Herring. Yeah, Rob Herring. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he's extremely unlucky. But look, I suppose the point is that this is the the strength as Joe McCarthy just walks past us. Looking a bit sad. <laughs> Looking a bit sad, yeah. Um, this is the strength and depth that we're talking about, the quality of players that not only are on the bench, but out of the 23 as well. Like, I mean, Robbie Henshaw, to have a player like that to call upon is absolutely huge. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm optimistic by, by the, the quality of the team and what they have to call upon. And you were asking Gary Ringrose as well about well, the... Yeah, look, we were yeah. about the defensive challenge. I, mean, I suppose it's what Jack Crowdy will face if, if and when he comes on. And he may have to come on early. We, we just don't know. And it's that blitz defence that South Africa... Um, present you know the way they shoot up out of the line with Peter Steff to Faf the clerk actually Ron Regaro did a brilliant interview at the breakdown um, that I was watching on the way out here where he talked about you don't don't take that space stay stay tight stay narrow but I just asked Gary um, what it's like to try and make decisions in the face of that pressure as I said it's really tough um, and it's it's not a by chance that they get it like do you mean it's it's coached well and they clearly train it well and it's a nightmare for a lot of teams to play against so I mean what it feels like sometimes you get blindsided and you don't see it so the challenge maybe is to be scanning as much as possible and read body language and cues to um, yeah, be aware of it before it happens but even at that I mean that's even hard to do um, I think the big thing is the ball has gone away from you getting getting connected with your own players um, to hopefully try and make them make decisions um, but then as I said there's so many good defenders in the team they usually make the right decisions so uh, there's a whole host of things you kind of need to get right but um, well, like saying earlier it's a huge threat but hopefully it can be an opportunity if, if we're properly on it yeah. So what about those kind of traps, as you say, that South Africa might set for Ireland? Like, watching South Africa, Scotland live and watching Finn Russell trying to beat the rush defence um, was, it was a game within a game. It was fascinating. And they beat they beat him down. They beat him up and they beat him down. It was, uh, but in the first half, they did manage that, that over the top line out that they went quick. They got it out of Darcy Graham. If Ireland do manage to do that, the space is there. It's just a matter of, finding it and getting it there and it's so hard and there's so many traps and they've got so many shooters and they're big, big, some of them are not big men. The the, the ones who aren't big are really quick. So I think that's, 
like we saw how Hugo Keenan delivered that pass in the build-up to Matt Hansen's try last Saturday. That's the kind of thing that's that Ireland, if they want to beat it, they have to do. You've got to be brave, you've got to deliver the pass late, and you've got to get it away before Chesley Colby's in your face. But what Rogara was arguing is that you don't do that. You go off soft, soft shoulders. You, 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 you use those tight spaces that Ireland deploy. And that's a much better way of getting through it. Rather than going around them, go through them. And then the space will open up. It was a really interesting perspective on it. They actually beat it several times last November. And I was mentioning this yesterday that I watched the, the game back. And they scored a couple of tries off it. But they also left several points um, behind them. And I think that was Scotland's biggest error because they did beat the rush at that point and Darcy Graham doesn't give the pass. So when you get in those opportunities, you have to be clinical. And Ireland, you think back to the opening 20 minutes of the game last week, the amount of like waste that they had in terms of sloppy knock-ons, stupid penalties, can't afford to do that against South Africa because I think like Ireland are so capable of getting a fast start. We've seen it so often over the years. And if they were to get a fast start, I think that's where you want to be. You don't want to be, you don't want to be chasing the game against the box because if they get an early lead, then they'll squeeze the absolute life out of you and that will play right into their hands. So um, I think that's going to be a big, big focus for Ireland this week is trying to get that fast start and get out ahead of them. Okay, well, I see your rush defence and raise the rush hour traffic in Paris, which we will now try and beat. We're going to be back out at the Stade de France tomorrow yep. to do... Um, but as Johnny said there as well, it's going to be, you know, how many fans? Did he Over 30,000, they reckon. 30,000 yeah. and, you know, for him to be there and uh, with the majority of Irish support as well, um, as opposed to playing France there. Yeah, like a top one on, on both sides of the ball because, you know, their defence is obviously um, renowned for the for the line speed that they, they come at you with. So we need to be on top of our game when we have the ball. And then obviously... Um, the way they've been playing recently in terms of going wide, wide and then being direct, you know, in certain areas of the field and bringing a strong kicking game. So they test you in every uh, facet of the game and, and that's why they're world champions and, and they're, um, yeah, that's what we're going to have to be on top for them. Well, usually it's the, the French fans that make the atmosphere there. Um, so uh, I don't think I've played a game here where, you know, we'll have the majority of the support. So to get 30... Thousand, there were rumored to be thirty thousand fans, um, but the support we get for for World Cups in particular, um, it's incredible. Like last week in the in the stadium, um, it's just green everywhere. The week before, the same, um, and I'm sure it'll be the same again. So it's uh, hats off to the people that put their hand in their pocket and come over. It means a lot to us, and uh, we hope we give them something to cheer about. The weather here is absolutely shocking. I mean, but it's meant to get better, isn't it? It is meant to get better, but I mean, Ireland will be hoping that it gets better because I think if it's a day like today, then that plays right into South Africa's hands as well. So um, maybe for any Irish fans who are coming over, maybe just bring the jacket just in case. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's it from us. Uh, We'll be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Listen and follow The Left Wing wherever you get your podcasts.